The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. A woman done left and took all the reason I was working for. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And this is the, this is the summer hit of the song. <laughs> and you're doing the wrong. This is an old song. Here. Johnny Paycheck. Uh-huh. 1977, I believe. It was okay. a good year, Carrie. Um, but I think this is good. The song may... It's, it's coming home this year. Yeah. So are you ready for the great resignation, Carrie? Yeah. So I, I don't plan on that, but I certainly we've had several calls and you I know, Mark, you've been reading articles. I've been meeting with people that getting them in the process where people even in their 50s are saying, I don't want to do this job anymore. I don't know what clarity or light bulb went off in their head right. there. They don't want the rat race yeah, anymore. Kara, you, you've been talking about this last few shows. Mm-hmm. You can go back and listen to podcasts, but. It's not what's not your imagination. Tonight by saying two words that are being said in record numbers in the workforce across America. I quit. Yes, it's a post-pandemic phenomenon. Folks taking that job and shoving it like they haven't in decades. To talk about why workers are moving on, we sat with the senior economics contributor at Marketplace, Chris Farrell. You might call it like the great resignation. Okay, so let's call it the great resignation. And I don't think it's a big surprise that the great resignation is happening after a pandemic. To understand why he isn't surprised, think of this not only in terms of dollars and cents to a worker, but in terms of what makes sense for a worker on this other side of a life-changing time. You start thinking. So, so there you go, Carrie. And, and you come out it, it, it is something. The numbers are staggering. And so we'll go over some of the numbers. I can, you know, here, here's just some of the, the headlines, right? Uh, the Great Resignation, a June U.S. jobs report hides unusual trend. Great resignation wave coming for companies. Great resignation gains steam as return. Great resignation gains steam as return to work plans take effect. You're not the only one who's had enough. 95% of workers are considering quitting. As 95? The, as the that pa- seems a little much. As the pandemic recedes, millions of workers are saying, I quit. Americans aren't just quitting, they are retiring at record rates. See, the 95%, right. Carrie, isn't just necessarily retirees. Right, but it's I a, don't know that 95% of workers want to. That's, I well, think that's a little when inflated. Asked the, when asked the question, that was monster, you know, right. monster. That, they just said when, they're, when they asked the question, are right. you thinking about quitting or yeah. retiring 95% yeah yeah i don't know if that maybe that's a percentage all the time i don't know i disagree yeah i disagree i know a lot of people that do like their job how to quit your job in the great post pandemic resignation boom and that's the thing i think it's trickier if you want to retire earlier especially if you're pre medicare and you have to cover that health care cost um, and that has to be Address before you start thinking about discretionary and fun stuff because a lot of people coming in are saying, I want freedom of time. I don't mind working part time. I don't mind scaling back from retirement. I don't mind working. Maybe I want to do something different. I don't mind earning some wages. Right. We talk a lot about the encore career or right. even better, the hobby career. That's right. what really everybody, that's the new American dream. Right. Because some people just want to, or some people say, I just want to do something different. Yeah, ninety five percent of us. Uh, I yeah, I disagree. All right, get us started. All right, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. 
We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that can impact your financial life, which um, is for people who are working and thinking about their future retirement and certainly also for retirees that have concerns and for everyone wants to create, when, especially when wages end, that tax-efficient income and how do you create the income you need as tax-efficiently as possible because that helps your bottom line and use the opportunities in the complicated tax code and get clarity of what you realistically can afford to spend and how to address these concerns. Inflation is still a worry. Um, rising health care costs hasn't gone away. Future possibility of future tax increases um, and market volatility and, and how do you plan? Uh, another question, we're not in investment advisors at the estate planning team, which is the company that sponsors this program. You know, people say with low interest rate environment, and hopefully it will come back up at some point. I mean, it's been low for a long time. Um, Mm. People are saying, what do I put my money in? You know, and I think it comes back to first having a plan, building out realistic conservative assumptions and knowing what growth rate do you need first, then you can determine how much you should be in the market, how much fix versus growth. You want principal preservation, how much risk do you really need to take on? And that's that coordination effort with your existing investment advisors. Although we have a good portion of clients that handle that on their own, but it's hard to know what you need if you can't quantify it. Yeah, and I think an offshoot of that is, Carrie, we, we certainly have a lot of clients who may be thinking about joining the great resignation, right? And a lot of their investments are tied up into their company plans, mm-hmm. whether it be 401ks, 403bs, 457s, you know, private sharing, mm-hmm. what have you. They could Some have, could have pension elections mm-hmm. they need to make. And no one's really helping them. Uh, in other words, yeah, they have an 800 number right. that maybe they can call because a lot of those company plans have been gobbled up by the big boys. And you, and I don't need to tell you the names of them. You, you count them on one hand, basically. And But yet, it, can, they're not really helping the person who's going to go on retirement on what, that, you know, the person going to retirement might not even know what questions they need to be asking. Right. And that's, again, where the coordination advisor. So even if you plan on leaving your 401k behind, you know, there could be opportunities that you have to trigger before, you you, you know, you go into, you know, before you just 10 years into retirement say, oh, I wish I would have known that 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's again, where the coordination is so important and getting a financial model, a financial plan. As you were saying, you know, that's what really helps you to say, well, how much risk do I need to take on to be okay? Right. And those are things that we do at the estate planning team. We're an affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. We do financial modeling, number crunching um, so that people know what steps they should take and strategies they should be using um, to um address the concerns that they have, a long-term care, another state, um, premature death of a spouse, inflation, market volatility, whatever those things that you're worried about or potential concerns we can model in as different plan scenarios and help people objectively analyze when they're faced with a financial decision, whether it's timing of Social Security, pension election analysis. You're going to talk later today about IRA distribution planning, Roth conversions or contributions. Um, There's plenty of issues that we deal with um, that aren't the investment advisor approach. And we've been around more than 35 years um, in the greater Cleveland area. We're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau and Super Service Award winners multiple years on Angie's list. If you want to take advantage, we do offer a free, no obligation consultation, which we're happy to do in person or by phone, whichever you prefer. You can call us at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday. Or you can send an email through our website at financialfoodforthought.com. The website You can sign up for a free consultation, sign up for the newsletters, hopefully by next week or in the next two weeks. I'm going to get those fall planning classes scheduled and get those will get posted on the website as well. Um, That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. 
Right, and you got Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell. And Kara, yeah, as you mentioned, the IRA, what, yeah, so for July and, and maybe even in August, we'll be focusing on the whole IRA questions and issues that we've been helping clients work through for the last 35 years. And the questions are always the same, you know, and, and so we'll, you know, we'll be highlighting what people don't know. In other words, yeah, you need, you need to know more than just the idea that RMDs now begin at age 72. Right. Yeah. And we always also say you don't wait till 72 to start learning about the required minimum distribution rules because you may miss a lot of opportunities. And it, when we say IRAs, again, we're using that very broadly. It could be mm-hmm. 401ks, 403bs, 457s, profit sharing. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Before I get to that, yeah, the, the, we also, um, you know, again, talking and we'll continue talking about this phenomena about people who, because of the, they're blaming it on the Rona recession, basically, and not blaming it, but attributing it to that we have so many people who are quitting their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, they call it rage quitting, Carrie. I, I don't know. The people I've met with, which we've had a lot of people this year calling about, I don't think it's rage as much as I'm done and you get perspective that, that they want freedom of time. They don't even mind working 30 hours a week. It's the 50, 60 hours a week. It's the freedom to try a new hobby. Like they, some people you think about when you're, raising kids and you're working all the time when you ask people the hobby question there's a lot when you talk about the encore career some people don't even have time for hobbies their kids were their hobby yeah so it's it's having the time to figure out what's next i'm young enough i still feel good enough my health is still good i don't want to wait and and you were saying a lot of our clients look to us because they're not looking to hire somebody to manage their investments a lot of times those clients that is their hobby career mm-hmm. is, is working investments um and and we've had a lot of those clients over the years and they just need somebody help putting together the cash flows and understanding what questions they need to be asking their attorneys or their uh i uh, the cpas you know mm-hmm. and understanding how the tax laws affect the financial plan um so here are some numbers carrie the Bureau of Labor Statistics said 3.6 million people quit in May. Wow. 4 million quit the month before. Hmm. All right. Um, the term great resignation was really attributed to a psychologist, I believe a, a, a professor out of Texas A&M. His name is Anthony Klotz. And he's the one who first used that term. Okay. You know, and through his studies and, and he's you can you know, he's put a lot out about it. And now it's it's, you know, everybody is, is saying, yeah, this wasn't just a fluke. You know, April's four million quitting was followed up by another three point six in May. Now, I don't know when we're going to get June's numbers. Right. Um, you know, or hold you know, your breath. The um, so we'll see. Um, now, a big part of that now, you don't confuse quitting, meaning that. Everybody is um, retiring. Right. I mean, it's maybe just saying I'm done with this job. Exactly. Or, you know, they've been home and they realize they really don't want to go back to that job they had before. At the office? Could could be at the office. Which I'm the opposite. I can't imagine working at home like I've done it. Can I work at home, Carrie? Yeah, sure. I wouldn't hate, like... I feel like I compartmentalize. I just couldn't. I mean, I've done it. I've done call like, but I, I, I'm not my preferred. I know people love it, though. People say if I have to go back into the office now. So it, it's that. So but they do say a big one of the reasons why it's the number so big is because of the retirings that are adding to that. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, yeah, even though it's not everybody retiring, a lot of the, why the numbers are so large is because a lot are retiring. Um, so let's see. What are the, here are some other numbers. Um, yeah, workers, because what they're seeing in the numbers and the data is that workers over age 55 had unemployment rates higher than the younger cohorts for the first time in 50 years. 
Okay. Um, they cashed, you know, they're saying they cashed out their stimulus checks and enhanced, you know, unemployment benefits and opted out of job searching. Okay. They so the what still carry the primary reason why people are retiring or quitting? I don't know. Burnout. Okay. They still say that um you know, that is the primary driver. So when that monster.com survey said that 95% of workers are considering quitting right now, um, not all of them, again, retiring. Right. Um, but, but you know, it, some are looking for new jobs or careers or like we're talking about the encore career or the hobby gig, which is everybody's dream, right? Um, and that rage quitting, you know, workers are getting fed up with the treatment and safety precautions at their place of work. They're just done wearing the mask, Gary. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so it, it's, uh, let's see. Yeah, so Indeed.com, 52% of the respondents reported feeling burnout. Okay. So when they asked the question, are, do you feel any, you know, are you feeling burned out? 52% said, yep. And that's up about 9% pre-Rona. Um, the other thing too is how it's easier to quit these days, Carrie. You know, it's no longer the two month notice it, 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 or the two week notice. Two week? It, no, no, I think two now week it's is, the two minute Zoom notice. I think that's rude. Like, I think a common courtesy you should still give the two weeks. Not on the, no. It's just you just have to get on Zoom and, and they're that's doing it. Still rude. Like, I see. I would feel like you don't want to burn bridges. You don't like. You never leave anybody, even if you hate your job high and dry. But with those numbers, obviously a lot of those people, you know, now deciding to retire, they're young, Carrie, right? Yeah. So it's almost, so yeah, you better have a plan. <laughs> well, that's why when I've had people come in, do you, do, do you realize, and it may be a conversation with HR of, can you continue your benefits if you've been somewhere for a while? Do you understand how much COBRA costs? Have you looked at healthcare costs before 65 it's it's a little pricey, right? It's almost like you know prior to the Rona, right? We talked a lot about the fire movement, Gary, right? The financial independent re- retire early, and that was really gaining steam right up until the <laughs> the Rona shutdown. Now I don't hear much about about it anymore, right? Um, especially that's what happens when you have a stock market crash, and 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 you know, but it's kind of coming back to that. It's the idea that well. Yeah, if you can, you retire early. Well, maybe, maybe not. But in either case, how do you know? Are you trying to do this without a formal financial plan? I mean, you're doing it by the you know the seat of your pants. Because the Charles Schwab put out a, a, a data, a statistic, right? And their their survey saying about seventy two percent of the households don't have a written financial plan. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you're comfortable pulling the trigger or de- making that decision without really laying out the outcome. You might be okay, but when you're retiring early, you may have 40 years or 30 years at least to plan for income. And there's a gap before wages end, Social Security elections and then how do you create the income you need tax of it? Which pots of money? I mean, we see people come in after the fact and are making huge tax mistakes that cause them more taxes than necessary because they just didn't know. Right. Now, for those who did their savings, they may be in a position that they can retire earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, what's the national average savings rate right now, Carrie? Um, they the say interest rate? No, the average savings rate. You oh. know, how much of your pay are you saving? Okay. So right now it's about 13.8%. Oh, that's higher than I, I was going to guess like five to seven. I know. And and that's a kind of surprising number, right? To the upside surprise. Right. That's what I was thinking yeah. it'd be lower. It's not quite the 50, I thought you 30, meant this- it's savings not, rate. No, it's, it's not. It, it's it, it, no, not the interest rate. Oh, that's um, sad. It's not quite the 50, 30, 20 plan, right? With 20% going to savings, but it's pretty darn close. 13.8. Um, but that's, that may be misleading, Carrie. Mm-hmm. In other words, yeah, if you started a 13.8 savings rate, your first 
job when you were in your 20s you and kept that through your 30 years of right. of working if you know you, you're going to be fine right but that's not really how it's worked mm-hmm. it's yeah it's it's the a lot of the people who woke up in their 50s and said i got to start saving right if i ever want to retire because the next statistic they say is what percentage of americans have zero in savings at least a third. Thirty-four percent carry okay, you're right I was there. Say. Um, what percentage of millennials have zero retirement savings? Forty. Mm, yeah, care two thirds, sixty-six percent, okay. even more. Oh, than that. gee, that's worse. Yeah, see, that's the point. So that's why that first statistic is somewhat misleading, saying that the average savings rate is thirteen point eight, but still the younger people aren't there yet, right? And and so that doesn't mean you know that and that's why when when you know we when was it in June, Carrie we were going over the fifty thirty twenty rule. Mm-hmm. You go back and listen to those right. podcasts. Those were the different scenarios I was running through, saying yeah, can the fifty thirty twenty rule save the fifty five year old who hasn't started saving for retirement yet? And you can go back and listen to those mm-hmm. podcasts because um, we delved into that. The other thing too is that. If you are thinking about retiring earlier, then a good recommendation for you is to make sure you've built up an adequate cash reserve mm-hmm. going into retirement, right? Because that will protect you from some of those things that derail a retirement, like a, a severe economic downturn or a stock market crash in the first couple of years of your retirement, especially if in the first couple of years of your retirement, you have to take the money for living out of your nest egg, meaning you're not starting social security yet and you don't have a, a pension. Mm-hmm. So your cash flow has got to come from your nest egg. So now you have to take money out of your investments and if there is a market downturn, you're, you're taking out, you know, you're selling low, right? We're supposed to sell high, right? And you're selling low, and that is further deteriorating your four percent rule, meaning that you're you're not gonna you're gonna be behind the eight ball. You know, start if there's and, and that's what we call the um, sequence of returns, right? And and we all learned about that. <laughs> You know, in the lost decade, you know, where you, where you had that period from 1998 to the 2008 Great Recession, where the, for example, the S and P 500 had two 50 percent drops from peak to trough in that 10 year period. Basically, the the the, the lost decade, meaning that if you had a million dollars in 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 stocks in uh, 1998, you still had a million dollars of stocks going into 2009, right? Where you thought you'd have a lot more. And that derailed those those sequence of returns derailed a lot of retirements. In other words, a lot of people had to postpone retirement because they saw, you know, if it, let's say they were thinking they were going to be five years away from retirement and then they have a certain amount of a nest egg. But then that crash hit right in two years. You know, they're, they're behind. So they have to postpone retirement. The other one, of course, is people who had to go back to work. Because they had too much risk going into retirement and they started that withdrawal the market crashed they're going they had to go back to work so those are the things so you know the idea is you know one of the things that protects you against a market or market drop or an economic downturn in the first year's retirement is having an adequate cash reserve so that in those first couple of years if the market's doing fine, yeah, you take from your nest egg. But if you're if we're going through an economic downturn and you don't want to sell your stocks low, you can rely on the cash reserve to give you time for your stocks to come back. In the meantime, you still collect the dividends in those stocks, right? Uh, because it's hard to time it, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, now. So what's the percentage of households that have a dedicated emergency fund? About 65%, Carrie. Okay. That sounds That's good, a good right? number. Uh, yeah, but again, the devil's in the detail, right? Because of those, 69%, their cash reserve carry is less than $1,000. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. But they have a they have a cash reserve. Okay, that's something. It's just not over a thousand dollars yet. Okay. Um, and they're also now we're getting some Rona statistics that it, which is obviously did that you think that the Rona might have wiped out those thousand dollar funds? Mm, maybe. Yeah, fourteen for some people. Yeah, fourteen percent of the households said they you know, the the emergency savings were wiped out with the pandemic. Um, and the other thing too is, it it's hard it, it's hard to build a cash reserve or, or an emergency fund if you're swimming in debt. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it, it's like I got to get my debt paid off. Right. So, so that's part of the which issue. eventually will help your cash reserve, right? If you're committed to doing that, and that's what a lot of the stimulus money went to, and a lot of that, you know, extra unemployment mm-hmm. went to. You know, when people started getting more unemployment <laughs> than what right. their normal paycheck was, a lot of them did the right thing and paid down debt, right? And so, and a lot of people use their stimulus money to pay down debt. And so they may be in a position that they can retire now. So these are the things um, that we, that we talk a lot about with our clients. We coach a lot about it with our clients. And if you're looking, if you're saying, Hey, could we possibly be in a position that I could retire earlier than what maybe I was thinking. So maybe plan A had you working, whatever, five more years. Right. Maybe you want to build. Let's, we always saw, we'll always talk about our alternative plan R. Right. right. So, so in this case, maybe it stands for the Rona retirement plan. Right. right? Uh, or the great resignation plan. And be, but before you give your two minute Zoom notice, right. maybe first you should have a written financial plan First, you know, re- review what big expenses could mm-hmm. be happening in the first couple of years. And do you have an adequate cash reserve so you're not panicking if we have an economic downturn in the first couple of years of retirement? Right. And those are things that we look at for people to say, hey, if I think maybe you want to retire now and maybe now is not realistic, but maybe in two years or three years or sometimes people don't even know I'd like to retire as soon as possible. Well, that depends on what you want your retirement to look like and how much you want to spend. And we spend time on price tags and timeframes and helping people think through some of those expenses that they probably hadn't even considered down the road in detail with different inflation rates. Uh, We offer a free consultation. And although today we're talking about people thinking about retiring, we're also help people who are retired and want to know what they can spend too. A lot of people aren't spending because they don't know if they're going to run out of money or we're going to, you're going to talk next, Mark, about IRA distribution planning, and we're going to spend time in the next few weeks, Roth conversions. So any of these issues that you may be concerned about, we've probably dealt with before. We've helped people that are single, married, never married, widowed, um, different um, blended marriages, uh, all kinds of different scenarios. You'd be surprised. Like if you have something unique out there, special need, you know, we've dealt with it. You can call 440-239-2090 for a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. We offer the free consultation and, and we'll actually have you fill out information if you'd like. And we can use your numbers as that preliminary model and show you what we identify as areas that you may need help with, potential problems, opportunities. And we have both hourly options for maybe you're saying, hey, I... I have a good handle on this, but I need a little bit of help. We have hourly planning options or somebody who wants the whole process. We have affordable, comprehensive retainers as well. And again, that's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. You're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly here this morning. Yeah. And before I get to the IRA, just one quick tax brief, Carrie. So a lot of our clients have said, hey, Mark, I haven't got my tax refund yet. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're they're a little behind. A bit. So the IRS, they're saying now that their backlog of return processing has grown to thirty five million. 
<laughs> How long does it take to go through Ooh, 35 million? That's re- tough. Um, a growing backlog of unprocessed tax returns now stands at 35 million, creating ongoing refund delays for millions of taxpayers. Hmm. Dang. That's like just insane. Like our government at its finest again. The backlog at the IRS comes after a perfect storm that created perhaps the most challenging filing season taxpayers, tax professionals, and the IRS has ever experienced. The pandemic caused the IRS to shut down some of its operations while it was also given more responsibility from Congress through several new tax initiatives, such as the three rounds of stimulus checks that were, had, you know, was distributed and monitored by the, the tax agencies. So chances are your check is in the mail, right? Not mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not quite in the mail yet. But it doesn't mean that your return is lost, per se. Mm-hmm. But we've had the problems that... It, 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 see, that's why we're not big on taxpayers who plan to get big refunds. Mm-hmm. All right? And now if it if it's... If, in other words, sometimes a new client will come into us, and we'll we'll get over this. We'll go over this discussion because we'll say, "Well, I, I see here. You know, you you've been your history has been getting big refunds, and and they're like, oh, I love you know, I love refunds. I know it's not the thing to do, but I really love them, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's for some reason they just like getting money. They like getting right. that check in the mail. Well, it's a forced savings that they don't have to think about. They always count on it. It's just a way for them. And that, and some people, we have clients, even though we don't recommend that, they you it's your plan, it's your money, ultimately, and your decisions, where we have people say, well, that's my travel fund, or that's, I use it for very specific things right. every year. But the point is, you have problems like this. This is one of the reasons why I don't like you waiting around for a refund. Mm-hmm. Because we could have a Rona year where you're not going to get that refund in April. You might not have it by August. So if you were going to use that money to take your spring vacation, Carrie, mm-hmm. I guess you're not don't have it, right? Now maybe the IRS, like last year, will give you interest. Interest, but right. th- but if they do give you interest on your refund, don't forget to look for the 1099R. Not sense. sorry, sorry the 1099INT right. that you have to report that interest as taxable right. income. So I I, I don't want to dwell on this, but it is it is the idea that it do, it doesn't mean, you know, if you haven't gotten your refund yet, it doesn't mean you're not getting it or that your return was lost, not necessarily. You could say it's lost in an inbox along with 35 million other unprocessed returns. But it's not maybe lost in the mail, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, hopefully the government will pay you some interest if they can't get those refunds out timely. But if you really had that mentality, Carrie, that you, why don't you do that with your next paycheck? Right. Why don't you just tell your employer, hey, look it, don't give me my next paycheck. Give it to me next August. Mm. Why aren't you doing that? It's the same idea to me. If you if if you need forced a forced way to save money, and you and you want that money next April, or you know to take the trip, or to pay your real estate taxes in July or whatever, why don't you just tell your employer employer, hey, can you hold my uh, next uh, paycheck or my next month's pay and and give it to me next August? I don't see too many people doing that. All right, so why are you doing it with your taxes? And that gets into the the, the safe harbor rules, you mm-hmm. know. And and Carrie, we do that when people want to go back and listen to that show. We always do it the week before the estimated taxes are due. So the okay. the, the estimated tax dates are, of course, April fifteenth, June fifteenth, September fifteenth, um, and January January fifteenth. So the next time we'll be doing that on live on the show will be in September. But if you want to go back and listen to the June shows, check that, you know, okay. June. Because uh, those are still out in podcasts as well. The mm-hmm. All right, Gary. So what else? Anything else before we talk about IRAs? 
No, I think you need all the time in your world to talk about that. It's still a big issue. Like I said, we're going to do a class on it this fall. It's still, there's so many things when it comes to the IRA planning that's misunderstood. People don't know the rules. Um, there's a lot of confusion on what you can and can't do. And because of all that, people often miss opportunities because if you plan on following minimum required distribution, which recently with the SECURE Act, um, a year over a year ago now, the rules changed with minimum required distribution. So to complicate things even more um, and you miss opportunities or, you know, I, I don't think people realize that you should be using that asset, not follow minimum required distribution, because in too many cases, it actually creates more tax dollars for the government, which I don't think people want to do or majority of people don't. So last week, we, we talked a little bit about the SECURE Act. We also mm-hmm. talked a little bit about the proposed SECURE Act, too. Mm-hmm. That's not law yet, right. but it could be happening. So you can go back and listen to last week's podcast show, and and, and, and we're, we started going on that. But, so here's some questions. Okay, so, so hey, Mark, I heard the IRS is doing away with the 50% excise tax penalty on missed RMDs. Mm. So, Carrie, what about this? All right, so that's always what a lot of you have already heard, maybe some of you haven't heard, is, you know, don't miss a required minimum distribution right. because it's a 50% penalty. It's actually an excise tax. Okay. Right? And, boy, does that hurt. Mm-hmm. 50? Yeah, 50%. Yeah, that that can put a, you know, a, a ding into your uh, cash reserve, Carrie, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so you want to, you know, so what's this idea about, are they, I heard they're doing away with it. Um, well, not quite yet, but that is part of what I say the Secure Act Two drafts mm-hmm. have carried, um, and it, they intend to lower the fifty percent down to either twenty five percent or even perhaps ten percent. Okay, that's okay. a difference. Um, Although, in all fairness, even though there's a fifty percent. They have a form you can fill out if you missed it. Form fifty three twenty nine. Oh, Carrie. I was going to say you're ready. Um, so if you did miss your required minimum distribution, don't panic. Right. All right. But you are, you know, you do want to work with your tax preparer, and you know, bring it up. And the quicker that you deal with it, right, the less penalty will be assessed. And perhaps no additional penalty would be obsessed because so many people were missing it. The, the, the government had to give some relief. Right. And I'm sure that's what's driving the fact that they want to lower the penalty. Right. right. But, yeah, so it's IRS Form 5329, additional taxes on qualified plans and other tax-favored accounts. And that becomes part of your 1040 filing. Right. For that year, right? And what you do there, you request a waiver. You know, if you feel you missed a deadline and you've got a reasonable cause, and sometimes the first uh, the first offenders, that is the reasonable mm-hmm. cause, right? Okay. I, I don't know if you if you miss it every year, right? Uh, that's. Um, but if if you have a reasonable cause, you know the IRS they've been very lenient in waiving that fifty percent penalty, right? Um, and you know, then the question is, well, Mark, should I pay the penalty up front and then like wait around for that refund? No, a lot of CPAs advise don't pay it up front. Try the waiver request. Okay, first. Okay, um, and then if it doesn't grant you, okay, the waiver, then then you're going to have to cough up the money. You mentioned Roth. You know, conversions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Roth IRA contributions. And a lot of people, you know, don't have a good working knowledge of the difference, right? Right. So here's the question. Hey, Mark. Um, I don't need my RMD for cash flow. So can I just convert it to a Roth IRA? That seems like a good plan. Mm, no. No, because the law doesn't allow that. Right. Okay. So the law does not, even though in 2010, one of the Roth conversion rules that said if you had a certain amount of modified adjusted gross income, the amount was 100000 you weren't allowed to do a Roth conversion. Right. 
So that was restricted. That rule was eliminated in 2010. So that so that's why you have a lot more wealthy people these mm-hmm. days doing Roth conversions. That along with the combination when the federal state tax exemption went away. But up. by the way, maybe you don't want to wait till minimum required distribution to look at Roth conversions because too many people leave opportunities where they're in a much more favorable rate to do those conversions. And once that's lost, you can't get that back. Right. Especially in, and that's that client who may be retiring early Mm -hmm. before that they're starting social security and many years perhaps before the new. And the younger people, this is going to be a huge thing for people wanting to retire early. Right. And before the new RMD of age 72, which by the way, that secure act two is talking about raising the required minimum from 72 to 75 phased Mm -hmm. in over a number of years. But yeah, so yeah, so that is that window that's saying maybe the Roth conversions I want to do in those because if you don't have a pension and you're not collecting Social Security, you may be in a pretty good tax bracket. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to need to create some taxable income for your cash flow, but if you had that adequate cash reserve, right? If you were planning ahead of time, mm-hmm. you may be able to rely on the cash reserve and get a couple of big Roth conversions under your belt. No, I mean, planning really gives you clarity, but it also often saves you money. Um, now, sometimes the question comes in, hey, Mark, uh, you know, my investment guy is suggesting I look at converting my IRA to Roth, but I, I'm already doing RMDs. I thought I couldn't do that. Well, yeah, we have to get into the weeds a little bit, Carrie, right? So so the concept is, although, yes, you're correct, and I just that's what I first rule I went over, you're not allowed to convert your RMDs to Roth IRAs. You can if you want to do additional IRA distributions in excess of your RMD, you can convert those distributions to Roth. Now, remember, you would have the tax effect of the required minimum distribution, and now you're adding on top of that the tax effect of the additional distribution conversion. But it's allowed by law. So, you know, if if you are in that, you know, you have to look and you have to get a good idea, and maybe you want to coordinate this again with your CPA to say, how much room do I have on my tax return? Before I shoot myself in the foot and go through another bracket or another threshold that I want to go through. But that we have a lot of clients who that is, you know, they are certainly not only doing Roth conversions prior to RMDs, but they're continuing to do RMD, you know, Roth conversions after they have their RMDs. Right. Now, if you're planning on that, beware. All right. You have to get your RMDs done first, mm-hmm. okay, before you do the Roth conversions. That is my understanding, mm-hmm. and and you, you know, so you if you're not sure about that, talk to your CPA, or you know, you can call Chuck Reddick up and see if he can give you an answer. But the idea is, yeah, so get your RMDs done first, and then you know, separately you can work on an additional Roth conversion. Um, and the other thing, too, is you've, it, you know, you've got to figure out a way, back to the estimated taxes, Carrie, right? You've got to figure out a way, how are you going to pay the taxes on that Roth conversion? And we always recommend, don't just assume or don't plan it that you're using the withholding on your Roth conversion. In other words, if it, let's say you're in a 20% bracket and you're, you're doing a $10,000 Roth conversion and you're going to tell your IRA custodian to do 20% withholding. No, you don't want to do it that way. That, that kind of washes out the benefit of getting the money into right. the tax-free Roth. And if you don't understand that, just come in for a consultation. Right. Or, or if we do the classes later on in the fall, we go through an example of that. But remember, classes are concepts, strategies, examples. If you really have specific questions, the free consultation is more appropriate. So a lot of times when we have a client who is doing Roth conversions on top of RMDs, 
the way we plan it is, okay, we are going to, we're fine if you use the withholding on your RMDs, right? Because that can't be converted to Roth anyways. And so plan it that way. Say, yeah, my RMDs, I'm going to do the withholding what I need that will also cover the tax cost if I need it to cover my Roth IRA conversion. Now, the other situation, too, is if you are in, in any particular tax year, because we always say that, you know, what your financial plan or IRA distribution or Roth conversion, what you did last year isn't always what you're going to do this year and may not be exactly what you do next year. So we're very active planners at the estate planning team. Each year, you may be making a different decision depending on what's going on. Mm-hmm. So part of that is, again, every year, are you using the previous year safe harbor for tax estimated payments? Are you using a current year safe harbor? The government gives you options. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are in a year where you're just planning on doing the previous year safe harbor, and then at the end of the year, you're saying, hey, maybe I should trigger a Roth conversion. Like maybe a lot of, a lot of our clients carry the time they execute the Roth conversion is when there is a major market downturn. That's an opportunity. Because now they're saying, I'm going to move those shares that are now at a lower value Mm -hmm. out of my IRA. I'm just going to move them in kind and put them into my Roth IRA. And then I'll give them time to come back and all that regrowth will come back tax-free in the Roth IRA. Which, which I think you talked about, was it last week, the PayPal guy, people were mad he used the same concept. Peter Thiel. Yeah, where he put money into a, his stock in a Roth. Because you can put anything in a Roth. I think people forget. It's just the tax. Yeah. And it's not worth $5 billion. Yeah. So, I mean, it... You know, you want to look for opportunities in every economic situation, but even opportunities are even more important when things are going so well. So, yeah. So the so in that scenario, if if so, think about this, if, if you're saying, OK, I'm I'm already planned this year to do the previous year safe harbor and I know exactly how much tax I need to pay in. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave enough room on my RMD. Right. To pay those taxes. Now, all IRAs will support federal withholding. Mm-hmm. Um, they might not support Ohio withholding. You have to ask your IRA custodian. Mm-hmm. That, right? Now, if you, if it's coming out of a 401k or 403b, there may be a mandatory 20% federal withholding. But you don't have a choice. Yeah, a lot of people, that surprises a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But those are one of the things that just, if you don't know that yet, you, you want to ask your plan custodian. Because you may not be saying if you're if you, if you're saying I've got to take X amount out of my four hundred one k to beat my cash flow, and you you don't want to account for the twenty percent mandatory federal withholding, the, 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 you may have an issue with cash flow. Okay. So you have to work that out. But in that situation, you're saying okay, my RMD is going to I know exactly how much withholding to cover my previous year safe harbor. So now at the end of the year, you, you work, you coordinate, you work with your CPA or, or your, you work with your IRA custodian, you work with your financial planner and say, hey, look at, I may have some room still left before I go through my next threshold and I'd like to do a Roth conversion to use up that right. room. And I don't worry about doing withholding on it because I really don't have to pay for that until the when I file my return on April 15th mm-hmm. because I've got the previous year safe harbor covered. And it's okay to owe as long as you owe without penalty. Um, now, I, I still remember the case where we were talking about our, our classes, Carrie, and I remember, um, for example... It was many years ago, and, and as I say, the, the questions have never gone away about RMDs and, and things like that. But there, the, after the class, one of the women came up to me after the class and said, Mark, did I understand what you were correctly that you're saying that people can do Roth conversions tax-free? And what she was referring to is when I said, yeah, if, 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 if you're in a zero, ta- <laughs> see, a lot of times when we talk to new clients and they say, well, Mark, I'm not paying anything in taxes. Mm-hmm. So how can it be any better? 
Well, that's a first flag for us. If you're in a zero tax, how much more taxable income can you be creating to max out zero? We have a group of clients that are in a zero, and every year, depending on what else is hitting their return, interest dividend, you know, at year end in November, early December, we're doing distribution from their tax qualified assets and saying, let's, and leaving some wiggle room. Right. But there's some years, some clients have been, and because if they're itemizing, it's harder now that the itemized deduction where they've taken 7,000, 5,000, 10 grand tax-free. It's a little bit. It helps mm-hmm. every little bit. And, and so the idea is, and that's why I explained to her. I said, yes, if, if, if you're in a, and that was her situation. She's mm-hmm. telling me now that she was, she would have been retired, but she, her encore career was more of a self-employment. And with all the business deductions that self-employers can do, she was still in a zero bracket. She was meeting, she was getting her cash flow taken care of, but she, she wasn't even using up all of her business deductions. She had room to go. So we said, yeah, so we, and just doing the, the numbers on the back of the napkin, what she's telling me, I'm thinking, she, I'm thinking you could probably have been doing three to four or 5,000 perhaps of, a, you know, you could have been converting these IRAs while you're waiting for required minimums over to Roth IRA tax-free. She didn't believe me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then, a, a, I don't know, a number of weeks later, we get a call from her and she wants to come in for a free consultation. So when she came in for the free consultation, I remembered her when she came in and she said, you know, I, I went to my tax guy and I, and I told him, I said, listen, I was at this guy's class and he was this crazy telling me that I, for the last few years, I could have been taking out money out of my IRA, converting at Roth and not paying any income tax. He's crazy, right? So the CPA sat down with her, got, looked at back returns, came back and said, no, yeah, you could have been doing that. She was like, well, why didn't you tell me? Now, we've heard that story in one version right. many, many times. And was it was the, was the her tax returns wrong? No. Compliance-wise, they were right. Right. But from the planning side, were they right? Did it, was that a missed opportunity? A missed opportunity, but was that his job in all fairness? Did you hire him to do that? Probably not. Or did you just, did you think that the, what you paid him to get the compliance done mm-hmm. covered a 30-year tax IRA distribution plan? Mm. So these are, that's why we help clients understand what questions they need to be asking, getting coordinated efforts, so they leave themselves in a decision-making mode. Right, and call the estate planning team for a free consultation, again, by phone or in person. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090, or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.